carpet. Uh, <laughs> so he was on the earth for 40 days. And so for 40 days, he is here on the earth. And so here he is on this 40th day, and he's having a conversation with his disciples. And in fact, if you, if you look in the scripture, in fact, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about how many people Jesus actually saw during those 40 days. For extra credit again, does anybody know approximately how many people Jesus came in contact with or saw him during those times? Anybody want to take a crack at that? Gary. 500. Man, you're definitely going to heaven. So if you know, absolutely. So he knows there was at least 500 people, all right, that he appeared to during his time here on the earth before he ascended, right? And so here is Jesus, and he's, and, and on, he's talking to him on this beach before he ascended. Now, I don't know if there was 500 people there at this time. It doesn't really say how many people was there with him as he's talking to him. And so Jesus is having this conversation with them because they're excited. you got to understand, after he died on the cross, nobody knew what was going to happen to him. They, he predicted that he was going to rise again in three days, but nobody knew for sure. You know, we could talk about that today because we're talking about it as past tense, but you got to understand, you got to put yourself in their shoes. Jesus said, I'm going to rise again in three days from now. He dies on the cross and here they are the next day. They didn't know what was going to happen until that resurrection on that Sunday morning when they went to the tomb. The ladies went to the tomb, found the empty tomb, went back, told the disciples what was going on. They ran back to the tomb. They looked inside and they saw the empty tomb. And it was at that moment then when Jesus then visited his disciples, he literally walked through the walls because all of the, the doors were shut and locked. And he came through the walls and he came there and he, and he began to talk with them. And it was at this moment that Jesus began to uh, affirm more things that he began to do and teach. There were more things that took place while he was here on the earth for those 40 days. And so while he was sitting there doing that, at least about 500 people saw him during this time, the Bible says. And so here he is, Jesus, he's about to ascend, and and he begins to have this conversation with him. I'm in Acts chapter 1, and I'm just paraphrasing it for you for the sake of time and so you can understand a little bit better. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's like, guys, listen, not many days from now, something is going to happen. Now, they had no idea what was going to happen because during that time, he promised that he was going to give them a helper. He promised that he was not going to leave them alone, that he was going to send somebody called Holy Spirit. Now, we all know from the beginning of time, the Spirit of God hovered across the face of the deep, the Bible said, right? That the Holy Spirit was here from the very beginning. But there was something different about this moment. Something different was about to happen. And so Jesus said, you're going to receive power by shout power. Wow, that sucked. Try it one more time. Somebody shout power. And so he said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, many of you have heard this before, that the word power is the Greek word for dunamis. That's where we get the English word dynamite. So that meant explosive. You're going to have this explosive type of energy. There's going to be a power, a supernatural thing is going to come upon you, and you're going to receive this when the Holy Spirit fills you. And so they had no idea what to expect. You see, us as being in church, we, you know, when we say about being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, we expect you know, to come on up, lay hands on you, slap you with some oil, and hopefully you'll begin to speak in tongues. And that's what we, that, that's the, that, that is as far as we know about the Holy Spirit. Can somebody shout amen to that? Come on. If you've ever been in a Pentecostal church, just to let you know, we're in a Pentecostal church. 
All right. And so in Pentecostal churches, you grow up in that church. And, you know, I, I've seen, you know, I, I'm, I'm 47. I started going to church when I was uh, 17. So 30 years ago, I started going to church, you know. And so I, re I remember going to inside of our church and, you know, all these things happening. And they're like, you know, whenever they would have revival back then, old day, old school revival was Sunday through Wednesday. Can somebody shout amen? Anybody know about the old school revivals? Nobody knows about those? Okay. So Sunday, and Wednesday was always Holy Ghost night. It was always Holy Ghost night. Like if you ain't got filled by Tuesday, Wednesday night, they're going to slap you with oil and be there till midnight. And they're going to, they're going to make, make sure that you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know? And so that was Holy Ghost night, you know? And so that's all we know about the Holy Spirit as growing in church. But can I tell you this? Holy Spirit, there's more to the Holy Spirit than speaking in tongues. Can somebody shout amen to that? There is. Because I've seen some tongue-talking devils out there. I've seen people who speak in tongues and live like the devil sometimes. Well, pastor, that doesn't make sense. Exactly right. It doesn't make sense. Somebody shout, it doesn't make sense. And so here they are. Jesus is telling them, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I want to kind of walk through this slowly because I want you to understand what's going on. Because I want you to understand, I want you to be taught the purpose of the Holy Spirit. I want you to be taught how this happened. The purpose that Jesus left, he ascended. Because when he ascended, the only way that he was going to build, the Holy Spirit was going to fill the earth was as if he ascended. And so here he is, he's talking to several hundred of them. And he's like, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But go into Jerusalem and wait for this promise. Somebody shout, wait for this promise. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a great promise and waiting. There's a, there's a promise of power when we wait. Uh, the enablement to perform miracles, signs, wonders, to be a witness, to persevere through persecution. Can I say this? That How many know that um, persecution comes? There's a difference between trials and persecution. There's a difference between, you know, being, you know living the consequences of bad decisions. How many know that sometimes we can make a bad decision? And just because you make a bad decision, it doesn't mean the devil's picking on you either. Because sometimes we make a bad decision, and then we pay the price for our bad decision, and we're trying to rebuke the devil, and the devil's like, I ain't had nothing to do with that, but I'll take it. And so God is like, you know, I never told you to do that anyway. You made your decision on your own, and you're out of the will of God anyway. Hold on, that's a whole other story. And so there's a promise when we wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the question is, why do we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And so here are these disciples and, and, and all these people, they're watching him. And Jesus is like, you're going to be filled with power. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout, filled with power. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And so they leave and they go to Jerusalem. And now when they gather together, when they gather together in this place, the Bible said there was at least about 120 of them. Now here's the question I have for you. Gary, just earlier... He, he, he shared a number. How many people saw Jesus after he ascended? Anybody know again? 500. So if 500 saw Jesus and saw this moment, and now there's only 120, the question is, what happened to the 380? Look at somebody say, are you a, part, are you a 380 or are you a 120? Think about this for a minute. The 380 are not bad people. The 380 encountered God. They loved the Lord. 
They was in church. They saw Jesus. They saw miracles. But something happened. There was something different about the 120. The 120 were the ones who were hungry. They wanted God. They wanted more. It didn't mean the 380 didn't want God. Are, are you understanding the difference here? Because what we know, this is exactly what's going on in the world today. There is a great divide between the 120 and the 380. Can somebody shout amen? We have drifted into a place where we have gotten comfortable. We're okay with watching church online. We're okay with watching church on Zoom. You see, there is a great, great uh, purpose for coming together as the church. There is a promise with the gathering. It's, it's important. Because, you see, you here, that's, it, raise your hand if you're here. Raise your hand if you're not here. I don't know if he's here. But somebody, I, they're, they're, are you here? Raise your hand again if you're here. Look at somebody and say, you're here. There is great power at the, per, the, the fact that you're here this morning. Because the person that's not here is not here. I know that's deep. But, the, but you that's here are here, but the people who are not here are not here. I know that's deep. I know, I know, I know. I know. I know this is deep. But the thing is, is that if you're not here, you're not here. But if you're here, you're here. Is this making sense so far? And so when you're here, you're here. The 120 was all together is what I'm trying to explain to you. And so because they were all together, the Bible said they gathered together in the upper room. I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to this point in a moment. And so they were all together in this upper room. Now, because of the size, scholars think that they gathered together somewhere in the temple. Because what you have to remember, again, they were celebrating a holiday called Pentecost. You see, Pentecost existed before Acts chapter 2. What am I saying? Right now, the Jews are celebrating a holiday right now called Pentecost or I believe it's Shavuot, I, believe, I don't know if I'm saying it properly. But the Jews are celebrating this right now because uh, it's a holiday that represented the giving of the law, when Moses gave the law. Okay? And so Pentecost, this is something they're celebrating, and what you have to understand is that at this moment, right now, 50 days beyond the Passover, Jews from all around the world were coming together to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. It's very significant that God allowed this to happen at this moment. Why? Because he wanted to get the word out about the kingdom of God to as many people as they can. They didn't have Instagram back then. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't have nothing. They didn't have the, they didn't have the news. They couldn't advertise that God was showing up. They couldn't advertise get the word out. So the only way that God was able to get the word out that, that the church is being birthed at this moment was, hey, listen, let's do it on the day of Pentecost because that way more people in Jerusalem than ever before. Are you, are you with me so far? See, God is not, God is so clever. God is, he is so smart that he allowed this moment to bring everybody together. How many believe that all things work together to the good, to those who love God and call according to his purpose? Even, 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 even if it looks like a bad thing, God still works it for the good. God didn't say all things are good, but all things work together for the good. All things work together for the good. Amen? Are you still with me? I'm almost finished. Today, the sole purpose, I believe, of the Holy Spirit, there's many, many purposes of the Holy Spirit, but today I'm going to focus on one purpose, 
is that one reason why God wanted to fill his people with the Holy Spirit at this moment was that we're to, to represent God. What does the word represent mean? Can somebody help me out? What does the word represent mean? Anybody besides Gary, because Gary's on point today. What else? What is, I'm sorry, Gary, you can answer this if you want to. What's represent mean, Gary? Absolutely. Thank you. I want to speak up for somebody. I want to speak on behalf of somebody or act on behalf, uh, behalf of somebody. Represent. I represent you. And the Holy Spirit, the only way I'm able to represent the Lord properly is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say that. Let's, let's get that in our mind. The only way to represent God properly is when we're filled with Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, many times, many people seek the Holy Spirit for personal fulfillment and personal gain instead of representing God. And so now watch this. Here they are. They're all together, and they're in this room. And Jesus said this to them. Now follow me on this. Jesus said, not many days from now. Everybody say, not many days from now. Not many days from now, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, so here's a question for our group here today. Why didn't Jesus tell them an exact number of days when the Holy Spirit was going to be filled, poured out? Does anybody know? Think about that for a minute. Why didn't Jesus give a number? Anybody want to throw, throw, throw out an answer? You, uh, George? It wouldn't have taken a lot of faith, right? Now, we could think, well, traditionally, maybe it's three days, right? That's a good God number. Maybe in three days the Holy Spirit will be given, right? Maybe in five days, that's the number of grace, right? Maybe, maybe five days, maybe seven days, that's the number of God, right? Number of completion. Maybe eight days, new beginning. We know it was going to happen on sixth day, right? You know, everybody probably paused on the sixth day, right? Just using my imagination. But here they are, they're... One day, you know, they all get into this place and they're all waiting on God and they're all waiting for something they've never seen before. Guys, that's what I'm trying to say is that us in the church, we all know, you know, we, we think we know what to expect when the Holy Spirit shows up. But yet here are 120 souls. They're all in this place, gathered together in this one room. And they're all expecting something to happen. They don't know what's going to happen. They're, they're not sure. All they know is that there's, it's a helper. It's a comforter. It's going to teach us. It's going to lead us. It's going to tell us what to say when we don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit's going to come and fill us with power. And they didn't know what to expect. And so they're all there together. And I get to see them on that first day. They're probably amped up. You know, Peter gets up and he probably begins to preach. And I don't know, maybe somebody grabs a... A box begins to hit a box. I don't know if they had what kind of instruments, maybe a harp. Maybe they're singing. Maybe they're doing some psalms up there. Maybe they're reading the scripture. I don't know. But on that first day, and then nothing happens. The second day now comes. Well, maybe he might come now. Maybe the Holy Spirit's going to come down. Here they are the second day. And they're doing their thing, and they're, they're praying, and they're worshiping. But nothing happens. Three days they sit there. Guys, they sat there now four days, five days, six days. Could you, could you sit in this room for six days? It's hard enough to sit in here for six minutes maybe right now, right? And Eli's about to pass out back there, right? They're fanning the baby. They don't know what's going to happen. My God, they ain't got air conditioning in this church. We got to change churches, right? And so, you know, it's like we, we have come so comfortable that we can't even sit here for six minutes, six hours, six hours. Pastor, you crazy. Here they are, man, now five days, six days. Destiny, could you sit in this church for six days? Good God, no. Destiny's like, heck no. Right? 
Six days. Here it is. Six days, right? Seven days. Come on, think about this for a minute. George, I know you love the Lord, but you going to stay here for seven days? I don't know. I'm trying to get something to eat. Maybe some chicken wings or something like that. Maybe a hot dog. Can we go down to 7-Eleven, Pastor? Can we break away for a minute? No! They didn't break out. They didn't, they didn't door dash. They were, I mean, come on, think of it. They didn't have DoorDash, y'all. They didn't have Domino's. Nothing, no delivery. They didn't even say they ate. They just stood in the upper room. There was no Royal Farm nearby. There was no, there was no Taco Bell, no Chipotle, there was nothing. Think about this for a minute. I went, I, that's what I'm trying to help us understand, that here they are. They're in this room. They're all together. They didn't have a fan. It had to be hot. It probably smelled. Think about this for a minute. When we, when we read Acts chapter 2, we go through four verses, and the Holy Spirit is poured out. They're there for a number of days, and we don't even know what happened. We don't even think about it. But here they are, guys. Six days. Seven days passed. Eight days. Peter probably running out of things to talk about and preach. Peter always talking, but now he don't know what to say. Now the disciples are looking at each other. Probably everybody's looking at each other, and they're like, did we miss it? What's going to happen? What are we supposed to do? And, and I can, I'm just using my imagination. It's like, this is, this is where waiting on God comes. You know, a lot of times God gives a promise. But just because, please hear this. A lot of times God will promise us a thing. But just because it doesn't happen when we expect it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And it doesn't mean that God is a liar. I want to say this again. Because there's a lot of people who have suffered shipwreck in their faith today because they didn't receive the answer they were hoping for. And they didn't, they didn't see God come through in a way they were hoping for. And so because of their waiting of their waiting and their waiting, and they didn't see the power come, they didn't see the healing come, they didn't see the answer come, some people might have left. This might be the, the reason of the 380. Are you still with me? You see, there's a reason why the 380 left. There's a reason why they gave up and say, maybe, maybe it's just too, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe God's not going to show up like he promised. Maybe they say, this is not working out right. Alex, if you can get that song ready, I won't go ahead and I still got more, but I want to go ahead and begin to close. I asked Alice to play a song on the on YouTube. I want him to I want us to hear this song. So now here it is, guys. Now watch. Ten days. On the tenth day. On the tenth day, guess what happens? Suddenly, the Bible says. Now I'm in Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord. They were all in one place. And suddenly, everybody shout suddenly. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. The word sound is translated into roar. Here a roar comes from heaven. Are you hearing this? A sound comes from heaven. As a a rushing mighty wind. That word wind is the same word as spirit or breath. Here it comes. Holy Spirit comes. The Spirit of God falls in this room. And the Bible says it fell upon every person and appeared to them as clothing tongues of fire. 
The fire of God showed up. The breath of God fell upon every person in this room. Why did God not tell them how many days? Because it would have taken no faith. And in this moment, I believe their flesh had to completely die. Guys, you sit in a room for 10 days waiting on God to answer your flesh begins to just, what does that mean your flesh begins to die? That means that your agenda is no more. You're not, you're not even thinking about your schedule. Your time is not your own. Now you're just giving it all to God for the next 10 days. Think about this. Could you for the next 10 days erase everything out of your life and just make it for God? I, I think about that. And it's like, me personally, I would have a problem with that. I would, I would say, well, how am I going to go to work and, and all these other things? But the problem is, is that the reason why we're not seeing the power of God displayed in our life, because the body of Christ, we lack so much sacrifice. We're not willing to give up anything. You know, there's, there's a law that's not in the Bible, but I've heard this law before. It's called the law of sacrifice. The law of sacrifice says this. What are you willing to give up in order to go up? You see, everybody wants to gain, but nobody wants to give up anything. Nobody wants to give up their rights. Everybody wants to go ahead and live this lavish lifestyle, but there's a, there's a, there's sometimes there's a big price to pay when it comes down to these things. In the same way, everybody wants the power of God displayed in their life, but the only way to allow the power of God in my life is for me to no longer live to my own schedule. The Bible says I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Why? That the power of God may be exposed and that guy can re represent the Lord. Are you still with me? Somebody shout amen. And so suddenly the house was filled. Suddenly the house was filled. And the Holy Spirit fell upon each one. The fire of God fell. If I look through the Old Testament, the Bible said that fire never falls on the empty altar. Fire always falls on the sacrifice. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Scripture says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Fire always falls on the sacrifice. I want to close with that. I want us to worship to this.